Our Bible reading this morning comes from Acts chapter 21, verse 37 to 22, verse 2. As the soldiers were about to take Paul into the barracks, he asked the commander, May I say something to you? Do you speak Greek? He replied. Aren't you the Egyptian who started a revolt and led 4,000 terrorists out into the desert some time ago? Paul answered, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no ordinary city. Please let me speak to the people. Having received the commander's permission, Paul stood on the steps and motioned to the crowd. When they were all silent, he said to them in Aramaic, Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defence. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. So if you remember where we left off last week, Paul was saved from the mob by Roman soldiers who rescued him from the violent mob in the temple grounds. He asks to speak with the commander who thinks that he might have been a bloke who had recently caused trouble in Jerusalem who was from Egypt. Delay that, that, that fear. No, that, that he wasn't that person. And Paul tells the man that he, who, who he is and is then actually given permission to speak to the people by the Roman authority. And so what he does is he does something that was, I guess, it connected well because he started speaking to them not in Greek but in Aramaic, in their own spoken language. So he grew up in Jerusalem. So he, this is the language that he would have been speaking as a child in his home, most likely. And so what that creates then is this, this hush over this mob who, who only just moments ago were, were beating him, trying to kill him, and then they are silent and listening to him. I think it's great that he was able to connect with them in such a strong way so quickly simply by the language he used. And what does Paul then do when he has this great crowd hushed before him? Well, he gives his testimony. He gives his testimony. Now, what sort of reaction do you have when you're asked to give your testimony? I mean, for many of us, we are scared, we are anxious, we are fearful, we get nervous, we shy away, we feel inadequate, and, and most of the times, if we're asked, we just say no. Isn't it true? We just say no. We, we seem to have made sharing our testimony something arduous, something difficult, something we rarely do. And if we do do it, then we do it reluctantly. You know, I love our family sharing times that we have every now and then. Because not only do we get to hear what God is doing in the lives of people, but we also we, we get to have those moments where we get to actually practice sharing our testimony because all our testimony is is what God has done in our life right and it's pretty simple it's actually not scary at all and it's actually something that we probably actually do if we think about it a lot more but it's just not formally sharing my testimony right so what I want to do this morning is want to look at how God has been at work in each of our lives in so many different ways and then we're going to have an opportunity later to share what God has been doing and to take the time to express gratitude to him and to encourage others as well. And it also gives us opportunities to pray for the issues affecting our lives and the lives of others around us. The basic premise of any testimony that we share is the grace 
of the gospel in action. And for Paul, he gave his testimony and he gave it in four parts. Part one is verses three to five. And basically what he's saying here is, this is how I was. Then Paul said to the hushed crowd, then Paul said, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison as the high priest and all the council can themselves testify. I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. So what Paul does is he recounts the former zeal for Judaism that completely filled his life. He studied under the best. He was passionate and so strongly opposed the Christians that he persecuted them to their death. He arrested men and women and imprisoned them. And if he was good at it, well, you know what? He was actually even better at it because he didn't just do this in Jerusalem. He even traveled to other cities to round people up and to bring them to Jerusalem to be punished. I mean, talk about zeal for the law. This was how I was. This is how I was. This was my life. This was my story. This is how I was brought up. This is how I was raised. This is how passionate I was just as you are. This life I lived is the life many of you are living right now. You are zealous for the law. I was more so. If you think your zealousness is a 10 out of 10, well, mine was a 12 out of a 10. I was even more zealouser if that's a word. What he's saying, what Paul's saying is, you are me, I was you. This is how I was. Then I met Jesus. Verse 6, about noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. Paul had a personal encounter with the risen Lord. He recounts to them the story of where Jesus stepped into his life and rescued him. He was traveling to Damascus under the zeal he had for Judaism. When Jesus showed up in a light, knocked him off his horse, blinded him and changed his life forever. Paul says, then I met Jesus. I was like you are. Then I met Jesus and he gave me a purpose. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. 
you will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. So Paul is healed by Ananias, who will remember he was not too happy about it at all. And then God gave Paul a purpose. He is to be Jesus' witness to all people of what he has seen and heard. Paul's purpose is then sealed by an act of faith and obedience in being baptized, an outward symbol of the cleansing of sin that occurs when someone trusts in Jesus, an outpouring of grace. Paul is given his commission. And so he says, he gave me a purpose to make God known and glorify him. And he sent me on mission. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these people know that I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. And so while Paul was in this sacred place, in, in the temple in Jerusalem, he has a vision from God. So if we think about this, the temple in Jerusalem is where God himself resided and for a jew the temple was the most holy place that existed on earth because that is where the presence of the lord manifested itself in the holy of holies and paul is in this holy sacred place when god gives him a vision so this is important if you're a jew because For God to give you a vision when you're in the temple was something very special. And so if you listen to what Paul's done, he has gone through and and given his Jewish credentials. He's basically said, "I I studied here under one of the best teachers. I know the law. I was zealous for the law. I was so zealous for the law that I was so active in persecuting people who had turned away from our faith to follow after this Christian faith. This is me. This is who I was. You know, I am Jewish and I was in my temple, which is your temple. I was there and God gave me a vision. He was told to leave Jerusalem because he would be rejected by the Jews. But Paul's heart was to reach his people, to reach the Jews. And so he recounts how he was one of them. They know him. He knows them. But in God's wisdom, God sends Paul away anyway on mission to the gentiles so paul says he sent me on mission and so we see from these verses that as as paul has given his testimony this is how i was then i met jesus he gave me a purpose and he sent me on mission the crowd responds to his testimony the crowd listened to paul until he said this then they raised their voices and shouted rid the earth of him he's not fit to live Now, I can guarantee you that no one here, after sharing their testimony, has ever had the audience you shared it with call for you to be killed. But but maybe this is where our hesitancy comes from in sharing our testimony. Maybe it's the threat of death, right? But Paul didn't die. So I think, you know, those little fears that we have, you know, are maybe a little bit unfounded, but that's okay. 
I still think that hesitancy there is that there is going to be this fear that something like that's going to happen to us when we share our testimony. Because, as I've stated previously, wherever the gospel is proclaimed, there will be opposition. But our testimony is the same as Paul's. This is how I was. Then I met Jesus. He gave me a purpose and he sent me on mission. The details might vary slightly, but the basics of our testimony is the same. I was once a sinner. Then Jesus met me. I accepted the free gift of salvation that he offered to me as I repented of my sin and believed in him. He gave me a purpose to glorify him and he sent me on mission to preach and share this very same gospel that set me free. So the circumstances of where we were when Jesus met each of us is going to be unique to each person here. But Jesus met us all right where we were. And so sharing our testimony shouldn't be something that makes us nervous, that makes us feel inadequate or become anxious. It's simply an opportunity to share your story. This is where I was, then I met Jesus. Then you simply share how he gave you a purpose and has sent you a mission to go and make disciples. But I just wanted to pray this morning that uh, we would take the opportunities we have to share the story of what God is doing in our lives in the moments that he gives us opportunities to share that with other people. And it can be simple things like, well, this is how I was, then I met Jesus, he gave me a purpose and he sent me on mission. You know, when you think about that and you break it down, you can probably, at the very core, break your testimony down into four sentences. This is how I was, one sentence. Then I met Jesus, how that came to be. He's given me a purpose, what that is, and he's sent me on mission to share about him. So let me pray for us this morning and then we'll close uh, with a song uh, in Christ alone. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, time we've had this morning where people have been brave enough to share the story about how, Lord, you intervened into their circumstances and their life where they met you, Jesus, and then their lives have been transformed and changed. And uh, I pray for, for healing over hurts um, because often, Lord, our, our past is filled with hurts. But it's often in those hurts where, Lord, you bring your redemption And then, Lord, you use those to shape the ministry that we can have back into those spaces as we go forward. And so I pray for strength and I pray for uh, your uh, intervention and I pray for your guidance for each of us as we minister uh, in the areas of our lives where, Lord, you have gifted us with experience and knowledge and skills And yes, Lord, sometimes even pain. But it's through those moments, Lord, where we can connect with people who are just like we were. And uh, Lord, we can then share how we met Jesus. Lord, I pray we would take the opportunities to do that with people we meet, um, with our friends and with our family who do not yet know you, and with those who we might work with, for those who we might socialise with, Lord, I pray you would help us to see how we can simply share about the transformation that Jesus has brought into our lives with others. Lord, some of us think, man, my story is so boring because you know, nothing really drastic has ever gone on in my life or you know, I've lived a pretty vanilla life. But Lord, the testimony we have is that you still loved us enough to even step into our vanilla, boring life 
and to save us from a destiny of destruction. And so, Lord, whatever our testimony is, whether it is one of transformation from darkness to light or from off-white to bright light, uh, Lord, we just thank you for your intervention in our lives, that, Lord Jesus, you stepped in and you saved us. And may that help us, help fuel us in sharing your gospel message with those around us. And so I pray for strength and I pray for boldness and I pray for courage. And um, Lord, I thank you for the encouragement we've had this morning of hearing your sons and daughters share about how, Lord, you have been active in their life and have redeemed their past and have set about a future, Lord, that is full of purpose and full of your mission. And so we thank you for this morning and this opportunity. Amen.